This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Tuesday, December 19, 2023. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Grant funding will help Spoon River College continue retraining workers from two shuttered coal-fired power plants in west-central Illinois. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. The Duck Creek Power Plant south of Canton and the Havana Power Plant both closed four years ago. Both are within the Spoon River College District, so the school qualified for grant funding through the state's Clean Energy Jobs Act. SRC is receiving $474,000. President Kurt Oldfield says the college will use more than half of that money to buy diesel engines for its diesel tractor technology program. It's the lowest emission diesel uh, engine that we're training on now uh, to prepare them to move into the workforce because there's so many of these engines that are out being utilized today that the mechanics are needed to repair those engines. Oldfield says students trained in the program have gone on to work on diesel engines on ships, trains, trucks, and farm equipment. He says they're trained to go into any sector of the diesel engine repair world. The rest of the grant funding will be used for other programs that were used by workers impacted by the closing of the power plants. Rich Egger reporting. The sentencing of four people convicted this year in a conspiracy to bribe then-Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan for ComEd has been delayed. The four defendants were supposed to be sentenced in federal court next month, but a judge in the case said that those proceedings should be rescheduled. This comes in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to review the corruption conviction of the former Portage, Indiana mayor. Defense attorneys for the ComEd defendants say that the high court's review of that case could have an impact on the convictions of their clients. Iowa officials have not said if the state will offer additional food assistance to low-income kids during the summer as a January 1st deadline for making that decision nears. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sestarek reports. The summer EBT program would give families about $40 a month in the summer for kids who are eligible for free or reduced-price school lunch. It's meant to help ensure kids get enough to eat when they're not in school. States must notify the federal government by January 1st if they intend to offer the mostly federally funded benefits next year. Iowa Department of Health and Human Services Director Kelly Garcia said Thursday state officials are still evaluating the program. We believe in feeding kids, period, full stop. But there are a lot of operational details we're needing to plan for because Congress didn't lay out a full package of how to operationalize this program. Garcia says the fact that the state hasn't decided yet shouldn't be taken as a sign that it won't participate. Democratic State Senator Sarah Trongariot says she wants the state to join the program because it'll help a lot of kids. I'm Katerina Sestari. IPR News. Penicillin could soon get a boost in the fight against growing antibiotic resistance. Neil Price is a research chemist at the Peoria Ag Lab. He says penicillin is a well-established drug, but bacteria are also learning how to evade it. Everything is resistant to it. You know, this is the problem. So if we could make them more, you know, could sort of soup them up a little bit and uh, overcome the resistance that would be a very valuable thing to do. Price is working to combine the well-established antibiotic with a derivative of the tunicomycin toxin. It's a potent antibiotic in and of itself, but when partnered with penicillin, it effectively softens up the bacteria enough for penicillin to overpower the built-up bacterial resistance. 
Iowa health officials are urging people to get vaccinated against respiratory illness before the holidays. Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports. According to federal and state health data, just 20% of Iowans have received the updated COVID-19 booster, and only 30% have gotten their annual flu shot. That's as the rate of COVID and flu hospitalizations have been increasing statewide. Madison Van Gundy is with the Polk County Health Department. She's urging Iowans to get vaccinated as soon as possible with the holidays quickly approaching. It does take two full weeks to get that full immunity protection from vaccines, but they're still, you're still going to help us, you know, um, reduce the spread of respiratory viruses if you get vaccinated now. Van Gundy says the number of Polk County residents who are up to date on their respiratory virus shots is down significantly this year. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. In our feature for today, the number of black students in Illinois enrolled in college has dropped by more than one-third over the past decade. A big deterrent is cost. Need-based scholarships are one way of making sure more black students can sign up and finish school. But this type of financial aid is becoming less of a priority for many schools. Instead, they've increased spending on scholarships that target students with high GPAs and test scores. WBEZ's Lisa Curian-Philip has our story. Layla Granville looks kind of winded. She took two buses, the Green Line, then walked 13 minutes to get to class today. She lives on the south side and is a freshman at Dominican University in the western suburbs. It was a journey she had to get used to. At first, my legs were like hurting. (laughs) I hadn't walked that much in like a minute. But she's come to like the two-hour commute. She uses the train ride to read fantasy novels. They're her favorite. I love strong female characters. Like, the one I'm reading now, it's like a female assassin, and she's young, and she's like the best one. I'm like, you're amazing. So is Layla. She's majoring in biochemistry with a minor in physics, which is crazy considering college was almost not in the cards for her. It really came down to one factor. I know my family couldn't help pay for it. Research from Gallup shows black students like Layla often cite money as the biggest hurdle standing between them and a college degree. The Federal Reserve reports their families, on average, hold a small fraction of the wealth that white families do. Black students are more likely to have to borrow to cover tuition and to juggle full-time jobs with class. I didn't know how I was going to pay for college, even though I wanted to go. Fortunately for Layla, Dominican offered a lifeline, a scholarship program for students from low-income families interested in science that didn't require a high GPA. It's made it possible for Layla to go to college without taking on a bunch of debt or a job to pay her tuition. Instead, she can just focus on school. Seeing how stressed I am about like some of the classes and like the workload, I couldn't imagine working on top of it. I don't think I would have lasted. Many young people from low-income families don't get scholarships. Over the past two decades, colleges have shifted more and more money away from need-based scholarships to so-called merit aid for students with high GPAs and test scores. That's according to research from the think tank New America. That means instead of prioritizing full rides for low-income students like Layla, Colleges are handing out what are basically tuition discounts to compete for high-achieving students who have lots of college options. Maria Bigham is with the equity nonprofit Accept Group. 
the students with the higher GPAs and the higher test scores are going to come from better funded schools. They're going to have more opportunities. Chances are likely that they have more in family wealth. College leaders defend the strategy. They say even with the merit aid, wealthy students pay more tuition and subsidize spots for students like Layla, who can't afford to pay any tuition at all. But researchers say the increased spending on merit aid has mainly benefited white, wealthy students, and it's actually reduced the number of low-income and black students on campus. Akil Bello with the advocacy group Fairtest says the issue is not that black and low-income students are not capable of getting good grades. It's that they're more likely to attend a high school with fewer supports and have other obligations competing for their time. Guess what? Poor kids who have to take a part-time job are going to have a lower GPA. Take Layla. When she was in high school, she worked at a Chili's restaurant on the weekends. She says her GPA was low and put her out of the running for most scholarships. And for Layla, getting a scholarship meant the difference not in where she went to college, but whether or not she could go at all. I don't even have to, like, look at my financial aid thing. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to worry about it. Instead, she can focus on nerding out on her math and science classes. In her biology lab, she's been running genetic experiments. I kind of felt bad because you had to, like, knock out the fruit flies. <laughs> really? Yeah, to, like, um, separate their, like, eye color. You can Lisa Corian Phillip, WBEZ News. In the weather for our listening area for today, we should have sunny skies with a high in the upper 30s and south winds at 5 to 15 miles an hour. For tonight, partly cloudy skies with a low in the upper 20s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.